Thanks for tuning in to KDNK this afternoon. And for our regular monthly programming of For Land's Sake, we actually have host Bill Kite calling in all the way from Maui. Um, so we're going to turn him up here with his guest. Can you hear me, Bill? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, got it. You're listening to KDNK's public affairs program, For Land's Sake. I'm your host, Bill Kite. Hope is an interesting word. Today's show will be about hope, but it'll also be about the ocean, because on our planet, you can't have land or life without water. And today, my wife, Kate Collins, will co-host the show. And uh, she used to be a DJ in a previous lifetime, so this should be pretty easy for her. (laughs) But we're not in the Roaring Fork Valley, as uh, Kathleen said, we're in Polynesia on a vacation, thanks to a generous gift from a friend. And when we arrived, a tsunami watch had just ended uh, because of an earthquake near New Zealand. And now we're under a flash flood warning after it rained all night and a local dam overflowed. So we're we're uh, glad to be here, actually. We're bearing up fine. Yeah, yep, for sure. Kate will help put into words some of the experiences uh, we've had here, uh, which have been great. And uh, first, I'd like to talk about the cool experience of our seven-hour flight from home to here. So fasten your seatbelt. Here we go. Kate was in the window seat uh, with me in the middle when this young lady sat next to me in the aisle seat. Uh, We were settling in for the long flight to our destination and introduced ourselves, but uh, she didn't introduce herself right away. Yeah, so um, I looked over and and she said, what brings you to Maui? Is it a wedding or an event? And it was like um, taking a lesson in hospitality and graciousness 101, you know? Um, And I said, no, it's, uh, we're going for fun. And it it does roughly coincide with our wedding anniversary. And, she was just excited and really engaged with us from that moment on. And so we knew that it was going to be a good flight. So when you get on those seven hour flights, you uh, you like to have nice traveling companions by your side. And Grace uh, was her name. It turns out to be a perfect name for her because Grace means eloquence or beauty um, in a form of beauty, kindness or mercy. And it comes from a Latin word that I can't pronounce, but gracia. Um, gracia, there we go. Favor or thanks. And it's a point of view of a follower, from a point of view of a follower of Jesus, um, it means undeserved divine assistance. And it's one of my favorite words. Yeah. So then she said that, well, I am 13, but I'll be 14 in just a few months or a few weeks. Well, was it a few, uh, yeah, weeks? a few weeks? Okay. And, um, I can remember being age 14 as a woman and really later thinking, gosh, I don't think I would ever voluntarily go back to that age. Just saying, I don't know if other women could agree with me or not, but 14 was tough. And it's an interesting time to be caught between being a child um, and between being, between being a woman. But, but she was so in her body and so present with that innocence, but also that sophistication. Um, and the combination was just really delightful. 
So uh, someone still that young who wanted to be engaged with two adult strangers was refreshing. I mean, she wasn't on her phone and she was truly interested in who we were and where we were going. And, uh, and yeah. that was just the start. And you can see her smile despite the mask. Um, her, she just kind of lit up. One of those, one of those people that just kind of lights up even at that early an age. Um, so, but we, we're here in paradise, and from our Lanai, Lanai, Lanai. I can. I <laughs> thank God I've got Kate to pronounce all these Hawaiian words. I'm not too good at it. Uh, and the and the Pacific Ocean is less than a hundred yards away uh, from our from our look here uh, where we're staying, but Paradise has a problem. The rising ocean has been eating away at the seawall for for one of the buildings close to us, and uh, so we we spoke to a couple of guests about uh, them coming here because both sets of guests, one from Texas and one from Northern California, said. They'd been coming here for about 30 years and were alarmed at the change. Uh, the one woman said that uh, the sea uh, beach used to be way out in, in the ocean and now it's just right up against the seawall. And, and a lot of times during the day when the tide comes in, it's completely gone. And what did the other gentleman say from California? Yeah, he said you could just step right out onto the sand and, and uh, walk right out of the beach and they had built you know, they built a, a wall over the years and things. And so 30 years is not an exceptionally long time, maybe for us humanoids, but, yeah, uh, you know, for the, the world to change that much, it's been interesting. And I have been fortunate to visit here roughly once a decade, I guess. And um, gosh, even the reefs have changed to me. Um, as you know, I love to swim. And when I come to a place like this, I just like to be in the water the whole time. But uh, the coral is not as vibrant. And there's just, uh, the water's more turbid, I guess, murkier, cloudier. And that could be, I guess, because of the weather, weather pattern too. But one of the things I really noted was, I love those little Hawaiian tangs, those yellow fish. They're called in Hawaii, in Hawaiian, they're lau ipala. And there are species of surgeon fish. Um, and I haven't seen them. They're just, they used to be really abundant and they're just not here. Um, we went to the aquarium though, the yep, Maui the, Aquarium. The Maui Ocean Center was really, um, really informative. What a great place to visit if you get here. And the docent explained that people who come here and trap those beautiful little fish they only grow to be about eight inches, I guess, in their lifetime. And they trap them in, put them in um, aquariums back on the mainland, which I just find to be really, really sad. Um, yeah, so so just that that's one change, I would say, about the reef. Um, the turtle life, sea turtles, the uh, green Hawaiian turtles are abundant still, and they seem to be really grooving. You've and, seen a couple of those out when you were snorkeling, didn't you? Yeah, I I love them. I I almost will them to show themselves to me to uh, to let me see them, and they're just magical. Um, and then also the humpback whales have been really really interesting here. They uh, come here to have babies and to kind of frolic about in the idyllic 
blue sea here. And so on the way to Alaska, which which starts the trip to Alaska, they said starts uh, probably about the end of the month here, the end of March, yeah. first of April. Yeah. So they, um, gosh, we've been able to watch about three pods of them right from our lanai out into the ocean, maybe a half mile, three quarters of a mile. And they're just leaping out, jumping for joy. I truly think that they do that just for fun. There's other theories about that maybe getting barnacles off or something. But um, the, again, at the, the aquarium in the Maui Ocean Center, they talked about the humpbacks. Um, Pre-whaling days, they're almost back globally to that population level of um, pre-whaling populations, which is exciting. Um, they were put on the endangered species list in 1973. And it's just great to see them come back. And I guess, to me, that's a hopeful thing. We're talking about hope. And right, I think, absolutely. I think when people are intentional and, um, and work together to get something done, that, that they can do that. Um, but the, the other important thing is that all the rubbish in the ocean is taking a toll on, on just their lifestyle. Um, there was a display of this one whale who had swam from Alaska. It's more than 3,000 miles and takes them a little over 30 days or something. And it had carried a half a mile of basically, fishing yeah, no, it was cable like um, thick, really mining thick. cable. It was, was but it held heavy. the net, so it was, it was yeah. definitely for fishing. So what we do, you know, with what we throw out and gets what gets into our ocean is just once again really validates why we want to reduce, reuse, recycle, and yep. and care for our ocean. Well, back to back to Grace. Uh, we were, we brought a deck of Quiddler with us, which if you haven't played it, it's a word game, and uh, we played it on the seat tray. So we were playing it, and uh, we asked uh, Grace if she wanted to play with us. She said, "I don't know how to play," and. Uh, so Kate then said, knowing we had a real firecracker with us. Yeah, I said, I think you are a quick study. I've got a feeling about you. And so we uh, got our Quiddler game underway, and she won that first game, fair and square. That was about the first five minutes or ten minutes we were in our seats. We already had started building the rapport with this young lady. It was really, really neat. Um, Yep, and she was just really perceptive, um, able to relate to us with a level of sophistication that you don't often see, but um, that curiosity, her openness, really um, kind of a lesson, I think, for all of us on just how to be. Um, no ageism, I guess. Yeah, you know, that was Ageism nice. goes both ways, I think. Older people can... Um, misinterpret or not give young people enough credit and vice versa. And there wasn't any of that. You're listening to KDNK's public affairs program for land's sake. Uh, Grace told us a little bit about her family. Her father was setting, uh, uh, keeping a pretty watchful eye on her, on the seat directly across the aisle from her. And in the seat, and uh, in, in uh, front of her dad was her stepmom and we guessed actually it was Kate that guessed they were from Montana what what was that what yep, they were wearing that? 
they were wearing sweatshirts and ball caps with these elk antlers on them. Pursuit was the brand or something. And so I said, and there was something else maybe that tipped me off that they were from Montana. And I said, are you guys from Montana and are you hunting outfitters or something? Um, and she said, no, we're, we're from, we're from Montana, but uh, my uncle has this company anyway, that, so that was fun to learn a little bit about her family. There were three kids and two adults, and she had uh, only been on a plane once before. Yeah. So flying was a whole new experience. She said, it's hard to travel with a family of five. And yeah. you know, I get that. And she then was talking with Kate about, uh, well, the spoiled brat actually was behind Kate kicking the seat over and over again. And, and the mom didn't seem capable of, of be uh, making the kid behave and so she then leaned over toward Kate uh, and told her the story what was that about did she oh, babysit she, yep she was a babysitter and she just uh I don't know she had some kid management techniques already under her belt too yeah I'd have been I would have appreciated knowing what she knew already when I was a young mom yeah, and she questioned why the dad sitting behind her father um, didn't do something to teach his son how to behave on an airplane. That was quite perceptive, young lady. And uh, when you, Kate, asked her about her school, she told you that she was given the week off, didn't she? That, that yeah, she, but but she said she had to get all of her work done, you know, before she had left. Or her and that it was hard work, which is good to hear a teen talk about hard work <laughs> it's, and experience hard work. Uh, so, yeah, it uh, being age blind is pretty cool because a lot of people aren't, and especially in hiring of folks, I've found that uh, there's certain uh, feelings people have when they're not your age, they just sort of dismiss you. But um, as a father of four daughters, I know a little bit about helping young ladies become young women. And I wish I could say that today the world is a better place to rear daughters, uh, but the statistics belie such wishful thinking. And from talking with Grace at this point in her life, she's not facing economic hardship like so many other kids her age in the inner city or poor in rural America. But with COVID, the future is somewhat uncertain for all of us. So it would be interesting to see how she develops into a young woman. Yeah, it's probably never been a better time to be a woman. Thinking about International Women's Day just yesterday. And right, it was, wasn't it? Some great posts on social media and different stories and stuff. But um, yeah, women are less likely to receive the same pay for similar careers than men. Um, I've heard 77 cents for every dollar. I don't know if that's leveled up a little bit or not, but um, you know, pay equity has been uh, thrust in the media spotlight. Right, sure. since, since 2018 and, and the, uh, the Me Too movement, hashtag Me Too movement, which began as the outing of these sexual harassment, sexual assault predators, um, but then has also morphed into a gender inequality in the workplace issue um, in 2019. And not only talks really and deals with um, the pay inequity, but also barriers to advancement that women have and, and 
and especially in leadership and large as uh, large companies ceos very few women are in those positions and so it, you know even though we have hope for gracie the world she's coming into is is not the kind of place that a father likes to see daughters enter into especially with all the sexual harassment that still goes on with these uh white uh, men who don't seem to get it at all and uh, it, i guess it's what it takes is several high profile uh, cases of lawsuits to put uh, pay equity in a hot spot of economic boardrooms hopefully across the country and then one in three women have experienced some for, form of physical violence in, from an intimate partner um, and one in seven women have been injured by an intimate partner i my da uh, daughter Dianza, her best friend, I I'll never forget the last time I saw her um, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, was killed by her partner. And so it it uh, it comes home. It's a terrible thing. Yep, one in six American women has been the victim of an attempted or completed rape in her lifetime. And that is an alarming statistic to me. And then, you know, teenagers have had a rough time during the pandemic, I, I saw an article, uh, uh, ProPublica is really a really good, uh, good journalistic um, place to get to get news. And it, the article was the lost year what the pandemic cost teenagers. Uh, and believe it or not, it was about my hometown of about 30,000 people, Hobbs, New Mexico. And it did an article there about the kids that uh, were very active in school and in football and how it's affect, affected uh, their grades. And, and also a lot of kids um, have committed suicide in the 10 to 24 age group. And, and really that uh, that age group is increased by half of uh, suicides has increased by half since 2007 to 2018. Yep, those are, those are sobering statistics and gosh, I feel blessed to have a vacation from time to time and from all be able that, to, from yeah, the news. just be able to reflect on that. But I, I also think that despite those kinds of statistics that there's hope for our future, knowing that young women like the one we met on our flight, Grace, will um, take their place into the future in uh, a leadership role by example. That yeah, and that's I'm afraid so many people don't have young women don't have the mentors that they can learn from um, in the workplace, uh, and that's that's unfortunate because how else do you learn how to be a leader unless you learn from another leader? And yeah. there are just so few women leaders out there, and I hope or few few recognized recognized leaders, let's yeah. say that. Right. Yeah. Recognize because you can be a leader from wherever you are. I don't care who you are, male or female, whether you're the janitor. Um, there's a story that uh, about uh, Walt Disney was having trouble with one of his venues. And, you know, they're <laughs> the kind of rides that you go into through the gift shop and you come out, you have to go through the gift shop. And this particular venue had included food and it wasn't doing well. So Disney was sitting unknown to this gentleman who was the janitor um, sitting kind of off to the back as things closed and he went up to the janitor and said you know i'd really like to know your perspective on why we're not really very successful in this venue and the guy told him 
And so often leaders aren't willing to ask the right questions to the right people that come charging in to a place and take over and a lot of times bring their friends and coworkers from where they came from in and don't listen to the people that are there and what they could learn from them. And But there is hope with people like Gracie, young, young Gracie, uh, this, you know, Grace, Gracie, it's all, yeah. it's all important kind of name because it talks about who she is really. And that's what I wanted to leave here today with is, is the fact that we, we got to have hope for the future and that to be successful in protecting special places like the place we live in, in the Roaring Fork Valley or the ocean that we're all responsible for, like it or not, um, that we do a better job involving young people, you know, in becoming advocates for land's sake. So um, with that, Bill, I think we should, we've been listening to the Hawaii Reggae channel here and uh, boy, I've just become such a fan of this band, Slightly Stupid. So um, how's, it, how's that spelled though? It's not spelled. S-T-O-O-P-I-D. But anyway, I think we should leave, leave the show with a song from Slightly Stupid. And uh, so I think Kathleen's going to help us tee that up. So until next time, whatever you do to our planet, do it for land's sake and ocean's sake. Aloha. This is the sound is for y'all. Thanks for coming out tonight. New York, what's up, New York? What's up, New York? What's up, New York?